Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. My guest today is Mario Herrick. Mario is the Chief Executive Officer of XPO, a less than truckload transportation business that was recently spun out of a larger organization. We'll talk a bit about that spin out uh, momentarily. Mario has been the Chief Information Officer of XPO Logistics and the President of LTL prior to his current role. He was among the first few employees at the company and has been a key member of the team that helped the company become the seventh best performing stock among Fortune 500 companies in the past decade. I look forward to speaking him more about his journey from CIO to CEO and his vision for the future of the business as well. Mario, welcome. It's great to speak with you today, and it's always great to see you. Thanks so much for having me on, Peter. Well, really exciting times, Mario. I know it's only recent days, in fact, that you assumed the role of chief executive officer. You had a chance to go to the uh, the stock exchange and ring the bell. Uh, talk a bit about that uh, that transition and some of the exciting times that recently transpired. Well, it was a, a great uh, moment in time in our company where we spun off our technology-enabled truck brokerage platform as a new company called RxO, and the uh, XPO is now solely focused on our less-than-truckload business here in North America. It was just an amazing experience that marks a new chapter in our company. We had a lot of our team members gathered there, and we celebrated what that next chapter is going to bring uh, to us as a company as we continue to grow uh, in that in that business. Excellent. And I know, you know, I, I mentioned uh, you were there near the beginning of this uh, business, one of the earliest employees. Uh, I, I can only imagine the remarkable growth that you've seen, growth in people, growth in revenue, of course, growth in the operation itself. Uh, and I know that technology has, since the beginning, been a key ingredient to its growth and to its outsized performance. I mentioned some of the statistics behind that a moment ago. Can you talk a bit about the genesis of the organization and that role the technology played since the beginning? So, so first starting with the company, when we got started in 2011, the company was about 150 employees, about 175 million of revenue. And since then, we grew to, to be a multi-billion dollar business that uh, spun off a one of the largest warehousing companies uh, last summer as GXO. And now we just spun off our tech-enabled brokerage platform, which is the fourth largest broker in, in, in the world and in North America uh, in uh, just, just recently here. And it's been just a fantastic journey. From a technology perspective, technology has been part of our DNA since day one. And we thought about technology as an enabler on how we can service our customers in better ways and how we can operate our business more efficiently to make sure that we are delivering on the financial targets for, for the company as a whole. And we, we kept on innovating year after year and launching best-in-class solutions in each one of our lines of business. Talk a bit about XBO Connect, a, uh, a platform that was also one of the centerpieces of that growth. Talk about its uh, genesis, if you would, and its evolution. Yeah, so we, we were the original disruptor in the truck brokerage industry, where our focus was to use technology and how to automate the interaction from shippers and carriers. So that's a business where we don't own the assets, where effectively we use technology to connect shippers with up to 100,000 carriers who actually have the trucks. And we focus on machine learning and data science from the early days, where we focus on how we can price the freight effectively, both for the customer side and the carrier side, and how we actually match the best carrier to the customer in terms of how they can actually find and tap into that capacity. And again, it's best-in-class um, solution, and that it, it has led to great business results. Our brokerage platform over those number of years, when you look at the industry and in brokerage, has grown at a 9% CAGR over that period of time, 
while our brokerage business has grown 27% CAGR with best-in-class margins. And that was enabled by the technology we started deploying as soon as we started the company back in 2011. So great, great results. And now, now they are on their, you know, it's a new company. It's called RxO. And we're excited to see them do great things as they uh, as they spun off as a, as a standalone company. When talk now about, uh, I mentioned the less than truckload business, and you've talked a little bit about that as well. Um, would love to talk a bit about the new company and its area of focus, uh, and maybe talk a bit about uh, the ongoing role the technology will play in helping to fill up your trucks in the the, the less, less than truckload model. So less than truckload is a very exciting industry for a few reasons. One, it's a business where we move freight for customers when they don't have enough freight to fill a full truck. So effectively, they ship one or two pallets with us that makes it to our network. And we have a, a terminal network of 294 terminals across the country where we pick up the freight, we consolidate it with other customers' freight, and then we move it across, across uh, the, the network. The reason why it's exciting, because you haven't had a new carrier of any scale go into the business in 30 to 40 years. It's a business that has a high competitive mode because you need density and you need all of these assets to be able to move the freight for your customers. Now, on the technology side, just to give you a, a, a small example, we, we're in the data business. So we use technology from a data science and algorithmic perspective to optimize how we move the freight. And every night, we drive more than 2 million miles to move all the freight for our customers. So one point of efficiency improvement that is driven by our machine learning algorithms drives more than $16 million of profits to the bottom line. So technology and using the power of data and data science can have a meaningful impact in how well we operate the business over the years to come. And behind great technology are great people, Mario. And I, I, the, the people who possess the skills associated with data science and machine learning are some of the most sought after in, in all of business. Talk a bit about the, the team that you have built and the case you have made for those great, talented people who could live their career anywhere uh, to, to make their career with your organization. So this is a topic I'm incredibly passionate about, Peter, for, for a simple reason, because great technology comes from great people. The same way that great business performance comes from great people. It's all about the people. If you hire and retain the best talent and enable them to do their best work every single day and give them an inclusive environment where they are respected for their work, where they are motivated, where they are um, uh, overall really supported and being able to deliver the best outcomes, they can do great things for the company. When it comes to technology specifically, from the early days of the company, we focus on hiring the best talent. We've hired talent from the best colleges in North America. We've hired talent from the best technology companies as well. And we, I'd venture to say we have one of the best data science team, not only in the industry, but in many industries as well. Uh, but we focus a lot on hiring the best and brightest to, to solving uh, the, the type of challenges we see from our customers or, 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 or in the business to make sure we are driving the best outcomes from the use of technology. Your, your growth, uh, Mario, has been fueled by so much of the innovation that you've described. It's also been been fueled by acquisition, and acquisitions for so many companies are very tricky. Um, you know, there's all sorts of data that uh, the the number of acquisitions that are made that don't prove to be accretive to the organizations that embark on those uh, M and A events um, are, are many. Uh, some would say the majority, in fact, and it would certainly seem to. Uh, you're the performance of this organization would suggest that you you've done a very good job of identifying great partners uh, and great great targets to uh, that is companies to acquire and integrating them very efficiently and well. 
Can you talk a bit about some of the methods you've used to perhaps, uh, you know, buck the trend of organizations that are highly acquisitive, um, having some disappointing results, at least in many of those acquisitions? So in the first phase of our company, we acquired 18 companies that we integrated. And obviously, over the last couple of years, last summer, we spun off our warehousing business as a separate company called GXO. And now we just spun off our tech-enabled brokerage platform as RxO. And all of these have gone flawlessly well. And the, the key ingredient that we that we always focus on, number one, is focusing on the people. A lot of times when companies acquire other companies, they look at the acquirer saying, well, these are the best practices that we think you should implement in your business. But the way we focused on it was when we acquired the company, we acquired it for its best practices and its people and its business practices. And what we typically do is as opposed to take what's what's best from one side, to actually elevate and get what's best in both companies and make sure that everybody feels included in that conversation of how we're going to, one, integrate the businesses and then how we're going to grow them from there. So we, we've had tremendous success in integrating those businesses and also focus on growing them organically after, after the fact. From a technology perspective, we build fantastic capabilities to be able to integrate and now separate companies with GXO and RxO. And it all goes back to process and people as well and, and making sure to move fast. A lot of companies linger in terms of integrating acquisitions. While if you integrate those acquisitions rapidly and make sure that you have a strong execution behind it, that leads to better outcomes uh, at the end of the day. And you mentioned and have mentioned appropriately a couple of times, of course, uh, the separation that's happened, uh, really the reverse of, a, of, a, of an acquisition. Does the, are there lessons from the, the, the period of time of being such a great acquirer that lent themselves nicely to the separation? Uh, principles that you, you took in place that applied in the reverse, if you will, and maybe some of the things that were new learnings from that experience as well, if you don't mind. Yeah, of course. A lot of it is a, I mean, the checklist when you think about integrating systems are, is the same checklist as separating systems, as, as an example. You're going through financials, HR systems, your email, your infrastructure, your operating platforms. So a lot of these checklists are very similar, but obviously you're doing them in, in reverse as opposed to in, uh, in integrating into one system, you're separating into, into two different systems. In terms of lessons learned on the separation side, it was a bit different for us when we spun off the, uh, our warehousing business as GXO and RxO as a truck brokerage business, that both of these are actually publicly listed companies. So it was a public company spinoff, while when we integrated companies, it was predominantly they are part of one public company. So obviously, you have all the uh, SEC filings, the processes that you follow, that you follow to establish a new public uh, company that was, that was different with GXO and RxO as opposed to the first phase of integrating the 18 acquisitions. Mario, I know from past conversations you and I have had that you are rightfully proud of having built a culture of innovation. And again, that's a thread in many ways that uh, one will hear uh, throughout this conversation is the results of that culture of innovation. Can you talk a bit about some of the principles associated with that and uh, ways of, of operating uh, and, and driving a culture of innovation uh, uh, that, that clearly has, has paid great dividends uh, for the organization? Well, it first starts with the people. It's creating an environment where people can disagree with each other, but disagree respectfully. It's creating an environment where we're always thinking about how to improve processes to and use technology to improve those processes. A lot of times when, when, when you think about technology, uh, people think about the actual technology solution or the technology stack you're using. We think about business process and how technology is going to change the business process to either improve the service product we're offering our customers so they can buy more services from us, 
What about how can we run the business more efficiently in terms of improving the operating performance of the business? Uh, the second area is around having strong feedback loops. So when we build technology, we iterate fast on it. So we build a, we put a solution out there. We typically call it a minimum viable product that allows operators to start using the solution and then having their voice being heard in terms of those feedback loops that allows you to improve the solution over time to make sure it's fit for purpose for the for the type of solution you're trying you're trying to implement and uh, both of these areas have have created a, a culture where everybody across the company is always thinking about how can we do better what are the areas that we can innovate and better service our customers or how we can make that process run more efficiently and that's that's incredibly exciting to see unfold in an organization uh, that, that improves the company over time that's wonderful. I mentioned, uh, and you you uh, offered some some feedback here in the early days of the new XPO. Uh, these are early days. Um, talk a bit about what you foresee in the, the the year ahead. Let's say some of the things that you are helping drive. You and the the, the team are helping drive now as a as a new as a new company, uh, a new entity. Um, what are some of the, the the items that are on your strategic roadmap? Yeah, it, it starts with two strategic priorities that we have where the first one is around focusing on delivering best-in-class service for our customers. And number two is focusing on investing more capital into the business so we can grow our capacity. And capacity is how many terminals you have, how many tractors and trailers you have, so we can grow the business and gain market share. And we're seeing early momentum here where in our industry currently with the softer macro, we are, we are bucking the typical trends that you see, both in terms of seasonal trends and as well as industry trends, where we are gaining market share. We accelerated our tonnage performance, which is the volume of freight we move for customers from the second to the third quarter. We flipped to positive on a year-on-year basis in the month of September, more positive in the month of October, and we expect to be positive on tonnage in the fourth quarter, uh, despite the softness in the macro. So when you look at it, that that focus on delivering best-in-class service for the customer, as well as investing in capacity, is allowing us to gain market share. The second category is continuing to leverage technology to optimize how we operate the business. I mentioned earlier on, you know, every night we drive more than 2 million miles. So as we use that technology to optimize how we operate the network across the board, that helps with expanding margins and operating more efficiently uh, over, over the years to come. That, that, a great overview. I appreciate you sharing that, uh, uh, Mario. I wanted to. I mentioned at the outset that you were uh, you have been a chief information officer. You were until very recent days uh, the CIO of XPO Logistics as well as the president of, of LTL. Uh, I, I wonder, you know, yours is a journey that is aspirational for many. I, I know in in uh, speaking with a great number of your former peers as chief information officers, that a high percentage of them aspire to uh, uh, roles of greater responsibility and ultimately chief executive officer roles uh, as well. And I wonder if you can reflect for a moment about the advantages of your time as a chief information officer in preparing you to becoming a chief executive officer. So, so first, when, when you're a chief information officer, if you're focused on the business and how to improve the business, you know the inner workings of every process that exists in the company, because your team is building solutions on how to either automate or improve or make more efficient processes across across the board in operations and finance and HR and every part of the company. So one of the advice I would say is always focus on the actual subject matter of how technology is going to make the company a better company. The second area is focusing being commercial. When we think about our technology investments, we think about the returns we're going to get out of these technology investments and what impact they will have 
on the top line and the bottom line. And being very commercial in terms of what are the either the EBITDA returns or the overall returns for technology investments and how technology is going to deliver on those is also in- incredibly important to be able to get to that next phase because then you are a very commercial chief information officer and how you think about the business. The third one is all about the people. If you have uh, leadership is leadership and it's all about making sure that you have the best talent on the team, that you are recruiting the best talent, that you're growing the best talent, you're retaining the best talent, and you're giving them opportunities to grow in their careers and be able to deliver great things for the company. And that's true for technology. That's true in business as well. So these are the three areas I would say for uh, for ex-fellow uh, chief information officers of what they can do to, um, to uh, obviously take, take that next, uh, next step up uh, in terms of that career. Wonderful. Thank you for that overview, Mario. Some great, great reflections there, certainly. I wanted to also ask you about trends that excite you. We've certainly talked about a number of them uh, associated with uh, machine learning, data and analytics, uh, a variety of of trends that clearly you are taking advantage of and building teams uh, uh, to, to take advantage of. Are there other trends that excite you as you look out to the future? Well, the biggest trend from my perspective is the use of data in our business, because as a transportation company, we're very much in the data business. Today, for, for, for example, when we operate our pickup and delivery routes in, in the cities for our customers, or when we move freight between our terminals, or when we operate dock shifts on our docks, we we capture data points from each one of those interactions. And we're very much in the data business. So it's the use of machine learning and AI to use that data to operate in more efficient ways in the business and deliver on a better service product for the customer. To give you an example, recently, we launched technology where in our business, a customer can ship, for example, four pallets of freight, where we launched it. And it used to be that you have one tracking number for these four pieces of freight. Well, we launched new technology that allows you to uniquely identify each one of those pieces that allows us to load better trailers whenever we are moving the freight in our terminal network. More importantly, give visibility to the customer about where every one of their pallets is at any point in time with what is the estimated time of delivery for each one of these pallets. So when you think about the power of data, it's it's tremendous. And the use of machine learning and AI can make any business much more efficient in how it operates. For me, that's the biggest uh, area of technology that I get very excited about. I also want to thank you so much for that, Mario. It's it's uh, exciting to hear the the ways in which you're thinking about the, those trends and and how you're going to take advantage of them. I wanted to ask you a, another question also about the secrets to your success. I mean, you've you've talked about the the way in which you oriented yourself as a chief information officer that took both took advantage of of some of the inherent. Uh, um, qualities of the role and sees those advantages uh, to to learn about all the processes of the company and to and how the company works in some really profound ways. Um, I wonder, you know, what what other uh, secrets do you do you see to your rise to now occupy the the chief executive officer seat within your organization? Um, you know, other difference makers along the way uh, you know, that, that that have helped you on your pathway to to your current post. I say one is always surround yourself with great people, people that you have tremendous respect for, and then enable them to do their best work every single day. So actually pave a path for them, for them to be able to deliver great results for the company, but also set achievable goals, but also aggressive goals to move fast and actually and win in, in, in any process or solution or, or in business generally. The second area is humility. A lot of times, you know, when, you, when you're in an executive role, you think about your role that you might know you have biases or you know certain things. But when you stay humble and you're always listening and learning, 
that enables you as an executive to be better, but more importantly, it enables others around you to come up with better solutions than what you could think of. So I think humility is another trait that I think is key to success in any leadership role as well. Well, great insights across the board. Uh, Mario Herrick, thank you so much for taking time with me today, sharing a bit more about your remarkable journey. Uh, congratulations on, on your progress, your company's progress, and uh, best wishes to you as, this, as you embark on this latest phase of, of your journey personally and your companies as well. Thanks so much for having me on, Peter.